And now, enjoy this free Jason Modcast show. Hey there, this is Ralph Garman, and you are listening to the World of Mythbits. You made an excellent choice. Welcome to the World of Mythbits. We are your hosts, Jenna and Joe Sparks, and this is episode 112. Let's get down to business. <laughs> The world of myth bitch. So welcome to the review episode of the world of myth bits. This episode we will be reviewing issue 91, which based off of the calendar it is the holiday issue. Uh, so I know this year probably didn't feel great for a lot of people uh, come the holiday season, but this issue was definitely uh, fun and exciting and uh, just a really nice gift, I think, for everybody when, when it published on Christmas Eve. So um, I don't know. I think we, we had a lot of fun getting to read everything and and we really wanted to make sure that this got out uh not too long after its release you know before everybody really started feeling that drain of of the holiday season um so yeah so we're uh very excited for this episode i think um and before we go much further there is one bit of business regarding housekeeping and it's some Pretty exciting news. So, if you are aware, Dave Montoya has put together a very cool, funny script uh, for a potential TV series called Sound Bites. And uh, I was honored to get to read it, and it was hilarious and absolute delight. Um, and so now, it has kind of become this this passion project to where he he wants and needs to see it fulfilled. So that being said, that means that now uh, we are officially seeking to self-produce sound bites through the power of crowdfunding. So it's pretty exciting. I think that's a really big deal. I know uh I am somebody where it's like if I get something in my head that I have to do, I have to see it to completion. It just kind of becomes this, not mind numbing, but just this like, like force of itself. So I'm very excited for Dave, very proud of him for prioritizing this project. Um, and, you know, on that same note, I think, and I say it a lot, I think that's something uh, this year has kind of gifted a lot of a lot of us is what our priorities are and what we're doing, how we're doing it, why we're doing it. Um, so yeah, so I think that's kind of one positive to have come out of this year. So it's going to be dope. Hopefully as we stumble into 2021, very cautiously, trepidatiously hands at, 
arms at, at, at uh, arms distance, <laughs> right? I like to think a bit differently. I'm gonna kick that door in, buddy. Pow! Oh, you're brave. I'm just I'm gonna tiptoe through that door. <laughs> Alrighty, let us kick off this holiday issue with Drabble and Flash. And first up, we have Christmas Prayer by Mr. Christopher Bice. Uh, I found this to be an interesting short story about death by the soldier's perspective. Uh, I really like the imagery, and uh, well done, sir. Yeah. Mm. Um, <laughs> I put, oh boy, already off to a devastating reminder of reality from the get-go. Uh, no, it was it was beautiful and a tragic uh, reminder of how easily and fast uh, we take for granted civilian life. So it's gorgeous, gorgeous work, uh, as always, Mr. Bice. And a hearty and sincere thanks to all of our troops. Absolutely. Thank you, everyone in uniform. And thank you, Christopher, for the amazing story. On next on the block, we have The Candy Canes by Gabrielle Malcolm. I found this one to be pretty interesting, especially with the candy canes and what came out of the candy canes. I like the imagery on this one. Um, it was got a little, little off track of where the the candy canes came from, um, but uh, definitely well written. Thank you very much. No, I loved this one, uh, and and this is why we leave spiders alone because I love I love spiders. Uh, this story. Has everything. It has holiday consumerism, creepy crawlies, a wide-eyed kitty cat, and some sweet retribution. Uh, I loved it. I just I thought it was absolutely a delight. The build-up, uh, it was it was potent, and the ending I think paid off completely. It was just a great like spooky holiday treat. I don't know. I had a lot of fun reading it. It was just, it was fun. Thank you very much. Uh, and next on the block, we have Merry Christmas by one David K. Montoya. Uh, this one was not too shabby about a, well, I took it as a divorced father. That's where I took it from. I feel that, that the main character of the story was divorced. And then I go any further than that. How'd you take it? Yeah, I, I, this one, like, at its core, it was, it was absolutely haunting, and it was gorgeous and sad and a little bit depressing, uh, but it was haunting, and, and I think just, like, can't think of the right word. It, I knew it was a, a, a major reality, like, it was something that's very, a very relatable scenario, um, and, and that re reality that just stings for a lot of people this season. Um, and I feel like if a story could leave a scar, this one is the one that most certainly would. Uh, it was just heart wrenching, but it was also, it was just beautiful. And, um, yeah, it was, it was wounding in the best of ways. Just a nice little gut punch. I get the image from, uh, an episode of King of the Queens when, um, uh, Doug's, uh, buddy, I can't remember what his name is right now, but Doug's buddy that works with him, he, uh, had, like, kind of the same thing to where he, uh, it was the story about divorce. Thank you very much, sir. And next we have The No Longer Wanted by Nora Jean Garcia. I 
found this to be a fine tale of old toys and unloved toys and their perspective of it. Yeah. Great imagery, Anna. It, I, I put um, that the story, there's like an absolute magic to it. And, you know, for that, I love it. It's it's just precious and it's sweet. Um, and of course, I don't know if you felt this, but as a millennial, <laughs> it brings back those open wounds caused by Toy Story 2 and 3. So... But I just, I liked it. I liked, or I loved it a lot. I liked the misfit toys aspect and uh, the ability of the elves. You know, they're they're um, diligently kind of working to make something feel loved. And um, I really like that. Like, the story kind of had everything I wanted in it. So, beautiful work. Buzz Lightyear shout out. Thank you very much. Excellent story. That was going to bring us over to Feasting by Gabrielle Balcom. Obviously, this one has taken its theme from the band Pussy Riot. Kill, kill, faster, pussycat, faster, even though that's a different band. Uh, <laughs> not too shabby of a story. Thank you very much. Yeah, uh, dang. Gabrielle is really feisty this issue, and I love it. I'm living for it. Uh, this one is another solid tale of retribution in the best of ways i think she did a wonderful job in characterizing gary and making us absolutely loathe him and wait for his doom this was absolutely a wicked story and i loved every second of it thank you very much thank you uh, that's going to roll us over to Twelfth Day of Christmas by the one Don DeBrawl. Um, I found this to be an interesting speculation on the True Love Gave to Me song, actually. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's, it, I like how she wrote down her immediate thought process over these these themes and everything. Mm -hmm. Once they come to you, and then you just write them down in this type of what does this all mean? Yeah, you know, <laughs> type of uh, scenario. So I found this actually very refreshing in a, in, a, in story format. Thank you very much, Don. I think it's funny that every time we come across a Don story, uh, my notes always start out with "Oh my God, Don!" <laughs> like it's just funny to me. So first of all. Thank you, because now the song is stuck in my head. Uh, but no, no, oh my God, I was grinning, just ear to ear, eager to read and reread uh, the, the story. It's just so, like, it. it's just a, got a good, like, longevity to it. And um, I love it. I loved it. And possibly even adored it. <laughs> I love the concept, the formatting, everything. It was just perfect. And maybe it's because uh, we rewatched uh, Hannibal, but my brain immediately painted this story as a full episode of such. I don't know if you caught that, but like I felt it. So, uh, thank you very much, Non. Beautiful. Uh, that's going to bring us over to next on the list is going to be the Toy Store Santa by Timothy Law. I found this to be a very image-based story. Uh, a lot of. Uh, tasty details in this little puppy right here about a zombie santa thank you very much sir yeah i, I tried not to give away any spoilers uh, but yeah the visuals can't say uh, the zed word <laughs> zed word the visuals uh that the story presented i thought were 
phenomenal. I uh, did not, I, I didn't really anticipate the, the little last sentence. Uh, so that twist, it made it an absolute magnificent horror piece and just, just fantastic. Uh, it it also made me think of um, which this is actually really dark, so I'm gonna try not to laugh because it's really bad. Uh, recent headlines of a mall Santa actually recently exposing upwards of 50 kids to COVID. Uh, so, oh boy, can't trust them mall Santas. I think is the crux of the not crux the uh uh crutch of this story. <laughs> Thank you very much, sir. Uh, let's roll over to Giving Thanks by Anne Christine Tabaka. Um, I found this to actually be a nice, uh, heartfelt story about the acceptance on Thanksgiving from all family members involved. Um, you know, you can teach an old dog new tricks, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Thank That's you very sweet. much. Yeah, it, it was beautiful, amazing, stunning, sweet. There is nothing and i mean nothing that i love more than to see the reality of families being supportive especially when they're anticipating the worst because we always hear stories about the troubles of acceptance with family and so this was refreshing i think and you can feel the tension, you know, the, the, the stress and it was, it was piercing, but that's Anne's talent. And because it just, it, it switched so fast and preparing us for this like total knockout, uh, dousing us in stress only to expose this moment of, of purity and love and acceptance. And so it was just, it was touching and heartfelt and it just made me really happy. I love this piece. Thank you very much, Ann. Uh, that's going to bring us to Under the Moon by Gabrielle Balcom. She's coming in hot this year. Uh, seems like uh, Gabrielle was using these stories in Dragon Flash to make up for a setup on her ladder of the list. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, this one was a, a well put together horror story. Um, you know, great imagery on this one. Uh, thank you very much. Yeah, we, I think we're on a, a wild ride this issue, especially with Gabriella, and I love it. I love the diversity of everything she's putting out there. Um, and she she just delivered a terrific, horrifying tale of old Saint Nick. And, <laughs> and he's not so saintly. So it was, it was just an eerie, creepy tale. And also remind me to never go camping on my own. So yeah, yeah, Gabrielle, <laughs> she's delivering us some greatness this issue. And she did a great job with these horror stories. And, and you'll see later on, she also wrote some non-horror pieces. But I love it. I love how easy it was to imagine everything, to visual visualize this, this uh, assault, <laughs> and to see what Jill was seeing. It was just, it was a really good, magnificent effort. I love it. Oh, absolutely. Uh, thank you very much. And uh, the last one in Drabble and Flash, we have The Chosen by Destiny E. Pfeiffer. Uh, I enjoyed the imagery of this tale. Um, and the mutation and what had to come of the story. Um, thank you very much. Yeah, this, this one uh, was definitely... 
daunting. And in so many ways, it just, it angered me and angered me because I wanted more. And I felt like it could be so big. But then again, like that could also take away from the greatness of it being so short. Um, but again, like that's how I am with a lot, like most of the Drabble and Flash stories. I'm just like more. And then I realized that that will have the opposite effect of what makes them so amazing. Um, but no, Destiny, she, she gave us everything we needed in the short story and it worked hauntingly beautiful. The idea was articulately articulated so meticulously and dare I say it? Uh, it could absolutely be, like I said, part of a huge story. So then again, I, uh, I don't know. I, I realize again, that could really muck up the magnificence of this. Okay. I'll stop being spoiled. So it was outstanding. Um, I love this like twisting and turning. It was just a really cool sci-fi piece. Thank you very much. That's going to bring us over to fantasy. All right. I'll take over now. And our first story is Jacqueline's Heart by Gabriella Balcom. This is what we were talking about and that Gabriella was kind of building us up. So we have a good heart wrencher here. The, the sweet and harmless and just this pleasant story of hope and niceness. Just a good hearted kid. Um, if the title didn't give you the illusion of such... Uh, the formatting was nice in that we got all the information we needed and then some. Uh, and Gabriella's writing really shines in tackling the the simplicity of the sweet actions of our lead character. And so after like a, a turbulent beginning, a stressful beginning, it was it almost became like ASMR, if that makes sense, just in how peaceful it was. So just beautiful and sweet and pleasant yeah this one's definitely uh playing homage to the old classics on there you know uh the old classic tale about the family pulling together during tough times you know um it's uh it definitely resonates to everybody in mm -hmm. these times so thank you very much gabriella all right next up we have a ranger's tale by jeff r young so first of all I deeply hope that this is uh, the first part of a huge story. Again, sorry, I'm spoiled. Uh, if so, the setup is perfect and it's amazing. Everything from the descriptors to the scenery, it's just breathtaking. And you can really understand how Jeff came from, you know, his, his work as a poet into this story it just is so gorgeous uh minute one you are entangled in this unfamiliar world but jeff does a brilliant job of inviting us in as though we're all existent in this realm already so just overall a story that leaves its reader like curious and eager for more undoubtedly so yeah i hope i hope there's more absolutely uh you know jeff has that ability to write as though he's writing for those video games you know because uh you, you can have they have this video game called elder scrolls mm. um and i think the latest one was skyrim something like that mm -hmm. and uh definitely it was like a page taken from something like that you know to where you have the the, the race of character which was a uh like a, i can't remember what the, the 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 race was in the game 
but you had certain races of, of cat people it's very hmm. much like that um it's the assassin i call this guy the assassin panther <laughs> you know <laughs> um but uh yeah yeah jeff uh, uh thank you very much sir on that one and great imagery as always uh you know keep it coming yep all right the lord of the lake part two by nd coley um so this little this little statement is probably my favorite thing that I read throughout the whole issue. Quote, a crowd of spectators raised their hands and cheered, and at moments they seemed to sway almost in unison, as if enraptured by some brand of religious service. Unquote. I don't know why, but that phrase is it just it I loved it. Like there's I don't think enough words for me to explain how perfect that phrase is in the story it just it gives us everything and it revealed everything without revealing anything and and thinking on it after reading the whole piece it's just it's a voluminous statement um so the whole piece was fascinating and what I love the most and I'm sure you've heard me talk about it plenty is that Mr. Coley applied this almost Hitchcockian sort of feel in that we only have an inkling in what the threat is. Um, we understand the threat and know it's something beyond our comprehension, but it's not apparent. Um, it's, it's tucked in the shadows. And the older I've gotten when it comes to like horrors and terror, I found that the unknown and unseen, um, is far more eerie than the obvious. So I just, I loved this edition. Uh, beautiful work, beautiful writing, amazing concept, and truly, truly, truly a unique story. It's one of the first that I've read that actually is formatted this way. Um, it, it was definitely an interesting tale from the first part of the second part. You know, uh, it, it was definitely uh, definitely a ride. Mm -hmm. sure on that one. You it know? was wild. Um, <laughs> you know, it, 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 it narrated so well, too. It, it, was, it was beautiful. Yeah, Thank and I, I kind of like at its core, like the whole sentiment was just never meet your heroes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So that'll take us to our final story in fantasy. The Missing Unicorn in the Land of Zombie Fairies, part 15 by David K. Montoya. Um, my first note was, oh, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. What's this? So I absolutely did not anticipate that twist. But on the other hand, I'm like super excited. I'm mad, but I'm excited um, what it what it means for the rest of the story and the next part in particular, um, what's to come. And, you know, it, it completely <laughs> tossed out the notion that we might know what to expect. So, again, as dismayed as I am at what that twist was. I'm absolutely curious and very, 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 very stoked and excited to see what transpires next. So again, it was just another brilliant addition that has me wringing my hands in eagerness. What about you? I couldn't agree more. Another brilliant installment on the zombie series. Thank you very much, sir. All right. Going to jump into horror. And our first story is All I Want for Christmas by Dawn DeBraw. Pristine... Perfect. Amazing. I love this venture of Dawn's. The story is so textured and alive. And it just has this kind of, it's not a bite, but it's, it's like a sweet forehead kiss. 
if that makes sense. Um, I adore every aspect of it, every detail, every characteristic, every decision, everything about this piece. Because it has this flavor that's that's a tinge of absolute horror, but it's not like it bleeds horror in a typical way. It's it's soft and subtle. And I just I love this piece. And I love that like Dawn kind of took us, you know, this week or month, um, this issue from um the typical kind of suburban setting that we've been seeing a lot, which I love. But now we're in this like a totally different environment and it just it's Dawn just never ceases to amaze me. So yeah, I love this piece. Uh, definitely that was a delightfully Dawn ending right there to that one. Mm-hmm. You know, all a these Dawn sto- ending. That's We're a creating Dawn a new ending. trend here. <laughs> it's a delightfully Dawn story. <laughs> um, yeah, it, I couldn't agree more. It was just, uh, it was just a uh, delightful head to toe once again. Thank you very much, Dawn. All right. The Jerk by Peggy Gerber. The perfect title for this story. <laughs> the only thing missing, and this isn't like a critique critique, this is just like my wish for this little zest, is that teensiest bit of retri- retribution. But uh, then again, you know, uh, maybe it's tucked away in there uh, with a wife who's working in a danger zone and Billy's refusal or upset at wearing a mask. You know, maybe it's a little bit of... Not karma per se, but, you know, Darwinism at work there. So (laughs) otherwise, I thought it was a fun, uh, humorous uh, take on something that's actually like a really real situation. And I really liked it. I really thought it was was a great horror addition. That too. Absolutely. Um, it's, uh, It's definitely an interesting take on the human condition from one perspective um i like how she used the the home condition to kind of accelerate his uh, attitude towards the whole situation Mm -hmm. and um you know uh definitely there's obviously underlying issues with him um that there's not enough space to kind of write it in you know um but, uh, yeah, this was definitely uh, an excellent take on that, you know, how you use the fault method. Yeah. You know. Um, but, uh, yeah, thank you very much. All right. Action and suspense. First story is Goodnight Delilah by Alice Grimrose. What a cool and fascinating format. Um, I love the narrative. Not only are we subjected to living in the mind of derangement but also absolute wonderment of of what exactly is transpiring so the way we're handed the information it's it's thoughtful and interesting it's very conservative in that we're only garnering so much of what's needed you know only so much as what our um our our victim is learning and so i just thought i thought it was an absolutely an entertaining take on something so horrid and i always enjoy perspective shifts and acknowledging mind sight mind 
mindsets. I can talk, I swear. Mindsets unlike our own. So, And I thought it was just like a very brave way of going about this story. And I love it. It paid off. So great job, Alice. Yeah, it was definitely interesting to have the point of view um, version of this put together. Uh, there's a few details I would have uh, believed that could be knocked out. It was definitely excellent work. Um, the trickiness with psychopaths is each one is definitely um, different. One is definitely different than the other. Um, when you do a point of view, I think it would be pretty interesting if you're able to give his thought process a little more uh, a little more room to develop. You know, uh, if you developed his thought process instead of having action versus action and explaining the actions. Not that he wouldn't be so narcissistic to want to describe to his victim the process. Um, you know, uh, if he... Oh, obviously, he didn't have a well-thought-out plan to begin with. But if he were so narcissistic in the fact that he could take upon this giant task, um, he would definitely want others to know but he's going to want to be smart about it also. Or, in his own mind, what he believes is smart about it. You know, um, that's I think that's where it gets kind of hard to decipher versus psychopaths you see on TV and psychopaths... Of reality. Of reality. Yeah. Kind of like if you have BTK, Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. You know, uh, Hannibal Lecter, you have uh, such a sophisticated mind... That is was near impossible for the ending. Uh, shout out to the TV show. Near impossible <laughs> for the ending not to end in such a manner. You know. Uh, you know. It, 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 it's definitely a difficult one. You know. Because there's always different perspectives. Now I think that is where you're going to get the most benefit. Is if you. Really read upon perspectives of these. Uh killers yeah one i wanted to point out um you know uh if if alice grimrose is listening i don't know and everybody already knows my favorite author is poppy z bright and he wrote a book called exquisite corpse read it oh my gosh i think you could definitely put out like the next the updated version of that because he wrote that back in the 90s with uh Dahmer and kind of the height of of all of that and it's it's a perspective piece. The entire novel is a perspective piece, and um, yeah, absolutely. And I, I would agree on that because if you're going to write from the male perspective, and I believe if you read these books upon the male perspective, especially if they're psychopaths, um, it's definitely going to help formulate this entire thing. Because I'm pre pretty sure Poppy Z. Bright knocked you know knocked out through uh, book after book of, of perspective you know, mm -hmm. before tackling a, a task not to say that you couldn't tackle the task you know uh, beforehand but it's it's gonna it's gonna give you a boost <laughs> you know uh excellent work though yes thank you very much all right so now we're going to move on to twine part three by dylan james harper uh i love everything about the direction of this story it is so magnificently written and the characters are mwah, 
You know, they are, I, oh my God. Every chapter so far has been beyond satisfying and the progression and pacing is great. I'm so eager to learn more about Twine, to see where this adventure goes, to see how we're presented with this new threat and how this trio is going to handle it. I think what Dylan did beautifully in the creation of these characters is they're in their their definition has come from their actions, you know, and I think to be able to accomplish that in written word is so it it's such a, a feat and we know exactly who they are, you know, and I just I don't know. I love this chapter and I cannot wait for more like I want this as a full-blown novel <laughs> so yeah I I love it uh yeah uh definitely it uh definitely visually uh pleasing um <clears throat> I thought it was gonna end a little differently myself though from the whole scenario that was built up and uh you know mm -mm, it was perfect uh definitely excellent work on that one Dylan thank you very much all right, so that's going to wrap up action and suspense and move us on over to science fiction, double feature. And our first story is We Who Dream by Steve Carr. I loved this piece. It reminded me of like a futuristic take on the film Pleasantville, which we just watched it not that long ago, so that might be why. And I think it was so brilliantly presented and masterfully crafted everything from the sterile environment to the vividness of the ending it was just beautiful Steve um Steve presented us something so unique and and interesting and visually stunning it's impossible not to recognize both the beauty and the tragedy of this story and I just I loved it for so many reasons absolutely amazing beautifully written great piece that was a good comparison you know Pleasantville I got more of a like 80s vibe type of Blade Runner feel though you know type of like uh that movie They Live um definitely got that that old school vibe about how society is gonna be changed you know in the future and then how we're gonna go ahead and develop new ideas to, to conform to this new system and then he takes the one hero he says no i will not throws the macintosh into the tv <laughs> and saunters off into the snow set but i think what made this story really really great is how there were actually like a lot of analogies for our present you know and, oh, absolutely. and uh that's I why really i really liked it i was inspired by the 80s inspired by the 80s but set in <laughs> 2020 no uh yeah excellent work on this story thank you very much all right next up we have the drone by jim bates so i think it's safe to say that i did not think that the city would ever catch up with ned law so as stressful as this chapter is i'm also very very intrigued uh desperately frightened for our little village but so 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 excited for the next part um, and, and while Jim always presents us with these super stressful situations, I have really high hopes 
that it will work to the advantage of our leads. So just another great addition to this series. And uh, I love it. Just this entire like addictive and enthralling story is so great. And I'm, I love it. I, I'm very excited for the uh, next part. Oh, definitely. I agree. Um, uh, he, Jim definitely uh, delivered another slice of uh, goodness on this piece right here. You know, um, they're about to have that uh, special ceremony when automatically the government comes to try to shut you down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, thank you very much, Jim. Uh, another excellent uh, piece. Uh, keep them coming. Thank you. And our final tale within the sci-fi double feature section is Proxy, part two by Adam Stump. So Adam, I think it's safe to say, and I think everybody who read this story will agree, is an artist of the highest caliber. The way he painted this story, it just, the visuals are I can't even think of a word for it. They're so perfect and beautiful. Um, it's in, in, in the first part of the story where we were kind of setting out into onto this journey and to see where we wound up, it just, it, it was a gorgeous, gorgeous piece. And the, everything about it was just jaw dropping. Um, and it felt like, like the most wondrous dream. And there was like this magical dance with the parallels of the reality of this story and the ending. So in stunning twist, everything, I, sorry, I keep, I'm running out of adjectives for stunning and beautiful, but yeah, that's where my heart is on this, this matter. Oh yeah, I couldn't agree more. Um, He was definitely uh, whipping that pen around uh with ease on those those imagery uh, mm-hmm. details right there you know um even though it's keyboard probably uh it uh it i love the ending and um you know it it takes a little slice from science fiction takes a little slice from uh i'd say something like vanilla sky um but uh you know it is is beautifully written Beautiful, beautifully uh, envisioned piece right there. Thank you very much, sir. Can't wait to see what else you got. Moving on to our final section of our story section. We have our humor story, the only one. Christmas Mission by James Rumpel. I don't know why that introduction was so dramatic. But it felt right. So, okay. Christmas Mission by James Rumpel. Uh, Personally, I do not think that there is another author out there who could have delivered such a delightful, terrible, funny, otherworldly piece other than James Rumpel. I loved it. I'm going to use this word and use it out of nothing but love and respect. But what a wacky ride. I love this take on St. Nick or Nick. I'm not sure. Uh, (laughs) And how James just delivered this like quirky sci-fi, totally comprehensible piece. Uh, Everything from the mind numbing devices uh, to the usage of like all the acronyms. It was just marvelous. It was hilarious, delightful. 
I appreciate every aspect of the story. And again, I think it's something really only James Rumpel could have could have given us in his very amazing way. I loved it. Oh, yeah, I definitely agree. Um, I definitely enjoyed how the position of the uh, the big guy does definitely have to be filled, you know. Um, I'm kind of wondering and I'm kind of curious about why it's another race, though, you know. Because we always have it presented as though it is our own magical race. Well, kind of like, and then it, it's another race that actually, uh, you know, as though if, like, the humans were a zoo. Like, if aliens existed, <laughs> right? You know, if, like, the humans were a zoo, that's almost like he, he, he nails that part. Kind of like we're an experiment. Like, I guess we gotta go go feed the uh, eaters there. Yeah. Know. Uh, very well done, sir. Thank you very much. Love it. All right. So that's going to wrap up our fiction section and it's going to take us over to poetry. And our first piece is Distant Drums by Christopher Bice. So as always, Christopher Bice, uh, he does us all this favor and delivers a poem worthy of like an instrumentation of music. And I really enjoyed this conceptualization of a classic Christmas carol and deciphering it and its meaning. So never unsurprising or boring work, sir. Wonderful. That you, Jesus? Uh, I definitely enjoy this one as well. I agree with you. Um, you know, Christopher definitely has this way about his poetry that you described as this uh, just this little... It's music. Yeah. Absolute music. Uh, it's just it's just a force. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much, sir. All right. A Festive Season by Kevin Magnus. This was some a lovely joy I honestly did not expect from Kevin Magnus. Just a sweet, delightful tale of, of the simple joys of the holiday season. And I really appreciate like the, the calm and the peace of this poem. It's just it's. A very pleasant, kind of brain-bleachy poem that just makes you feel good. And I like that a lot. I I really, really like that a lot. Need a lot of that this year. (laughs) That's when his heart grew three times too large for his Mm -hmm. body. (laughs) Um, Yeah, definitely it was a nice little poem. Uh, Definitely... Caught me out of the other side, too, on this one from uh, Kevin there. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay, all right, cool. <laughs> Old boy's got a little sauce spot. Noise. Thank you very much, sir. All right. And our next one is Mystic by Jeff R. Young. As always, another poet who has this this music uh, to his words I love Jeff's interpretations of, again, like these simple actions, and that's what makes him such a talented poet, is the way he can kind of take these simple concepts and give them this, like, this depth beyond, even beyond comprehension, just something that, like, is is magical, and I love that. Um, What about you? Oh, yeah, definitely. I couldn't agree more, you know. Um, Jeff has uh, definitely a way with his poetry as well. 
Um, I enjoyed this one very much. Thank you very much, sir. And our next poem, I was going to say story, our next poem is Shattered by Christopher Bice. Um, this one, this was dark and haunting and tragic and beautiful and um, upsetting. And I mean, like, it just really was a, another gut punch of a, of, a, of a tale, you know, but again... Christopher Weiss has this way of making it, making sure you sit on it, you know, and, and you sit there and you, you really have to like feel it in your bones. And I think that's an amazing talent he has, um, with his work and his, his poem, uh, poetry. So I, I just, this piece was who, you know, but like not in a bad way, just who. <laughs> I can agree more. Went a little dark on this one. <laughs> uh, thank you very much, sir. All right. And that is going to take us to Pioneers on Zextal 7 by John Gray. I don't know if I said that right. I hope I did. Mm. If I didn't come at me, it's fine. So <laughs> this was, I really, really love this one. Um, it was a wonderful read on humanity. <laughs> it was stunning, beautiful, and an agreed sentiment that there is no such thing as like a utopia. As much as we wish there were, uh, humanity kind of sucks. You know, this piece is just, I think it's a marvel a bit depressing, but it's the reality, you know, and gorgeously proposed and presented. I love this one. Yeah, this one is definitely uh, coming at the right time, too, especially when you're trying to get out to Mars and, and you know, the idea of uh, cultivating other planets now has become almost somewhat of a reality. Not entirely, but um, it's a goal. We're getting there. Um should we get there though? That's really the big question. Yeah. Should we? Should we get there? Uh, yeah. This poem by John Gray just de definitely uh, is. It's beautifully written over the human uh, human condition <laughs> and the human condition on planets. Yeah. Uh, you know. <laughs> thank you very much, sir. All right, and our final poem is "Sonnet About the Fallen Moon and Morning Star" by Paul Markowitz. Mark Iwiz. Um. Just a beautiful dance. Again, like, I don't know how to explain these these poems without, like, considering them as just, like, these, like, these songs or these dances. It's art, what, what Paul created. It was beautiful and visual and just, I mean, like, it, it was absolute magic to read this piece. I loved it. I couldn't agree more. You definitely took words out of my mouth, Mama. Transcending? Hey. Maybe? Euphoric? Mm-hmm. Maybe? Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you very much, sir. All right, guys. And that's going to wrap poetry. And we're going to jump over to art now. And our first piece is Eclipse by Connie Minatolo. And this is going to sound really odd. And maybe you'll agree with me. I'm not sure. But this piece reminds me, um, in the best of ways, of Kim Basinger's 
animated form in the movie Cool World. Did you see that? Yeah, I bit. did. Yeah. Like, and I, I love that. I love that movie. Um, so aside from that, I love the eyes. They're startling and brilliant. And I appreciate the monochromatic palette because it, it delivers this iciness. You know, the same goes with like the fur on the coat. How these almost ice-like spikes just kind of come at you and kind of create, like they, with the palette, kind of create this story, this narrative. And it was just a really cool piece. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Thank you very much, Connie. All right. Home for the Holidays by Boriana Onaniva. This piece was absolutely breathtaking. Um, Boriana has such a wonderful talent at making the normal abnormal in the most stunning ways that it just takes your breath away. And I love this piece with a passion. Like the detail is phenomenal and just again, another piece that where words are just kind of hard to come by. It's absolute beauty and magnificence. I love it. Boriana has another excellent piece for us to view on this issue right here. Um, it definitely hits home for what's going on through these uh, times, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, thank you very much, Ruana. And our next piece, Krampus, Krampus, by Vincent May. If you follow me on social media, you know I love Krampus. And this piece delivers all of the amazingness of that character. I love it. I love the movement of this piece, the face, the horns, the chains, the setting, everything. It's just a terrific scene that does not disappoint. And also that fur. Well, absolutely. Beautiful. This is uh, another excellent piece by Vincent there. Um, as always, he's got the uh, nice comic book styling renditions going on. Uh, excellent coloring, you know. Uh, excellent work, sir. Thank you very much. And our next piece, All in a Hard Day's Work by Ryan Scherfenberg. Again, he's delivering us with his very classic, very newspapery. Like, it just, it reminds me of a newspaper comic, and I love that um, style. And I love it. Um, yeah. Easy does or pooch. <laughs> Cyclops pooching. Cyclops pooch. <laughs> I wonder right. if that's like a take on. Cerebus, almost the side. I was kind of thinking that too, but uh, it doesn't look like that guard dog's uh, doing too much with his time. Thank you very much, sir. Excellent work. All right, and our final art piece, Soggy Holidays by Ed Bickford. Um, I love seeing this side of Ed's work. It's like this gentle, unabrasive side. Not that like his work is abrasive or anything like that. Just it's so soft, very like. Curious George, Winnie the Pooh, you know what I mean? And I love it so much. It's just so pretty um, and comforting. This piece is comforting to look at. Yeah, because I had to take a double take on there to make sure that wasn't a page from Winnie the Pooh. I'm like, oh, wow, look at that, <laughs> look at that illustration right there. It's gorgeous. It's just, it's, it's, oh, it's just so pretty. And yeah. uh, like the subtleties and again, the palette, everything is just like calm about this piece and i love it another excellent piece there Ed. thank you very much that's going to take us over to the review section our first review we have on the slab is interview with the one david k montoya with the myth master kevin adams 
and in this podcast they sit down to discuss PCE, the events that are unfolding that will affect the future. A movie per chance? Uh, we got down on there about the Kickstarter earlier. That's mm-hmm. what they were talking, kind of talking about. Uh, let's see, we've got new di- new, bu- uh, new book deals, team members, new team members, and uh, much, much more. Uh, oh, yeah, we also were uh, included in this episode. <laughs> uh, thank you very much. Uh, you know, it, it, uh, it's an interesting take from those two. So if you are interested in what they got down on, uh, go give, grab that a listen. Um, and that'll roll us over to the movie review by moviegoer Grimm. And in this one, he actually, uh, reviewed a movie called Porno, not a porno movie, a movie called Porno. Not as the name implies, it is about a sex demon whom is trapped in a porno reel. So, kind of right. Uh, so, if you are curious of this movie, you did not get high ratings from a man, so take that with caution. But if you are interested, go take a look-see at that. Um, which got me on a quick Google search of demons and succubi as a whole, so probably don't want to do that either. Uh, okay, so that's going to, thank you very much, sir, bring us over to the book review of J.R.R. Tolkien's The Hobbit by Michael A. Arnold. Um, in this review, Michael actually takes us through a different take on the book than the usual review process. He actually goes on a more of a comparison to the Anglo-Saxon roots of the whole of the book. So it's a little more of a history lesson type of deal and comparison in this review. So, if you are interested about the history as a whole, uh, go check that out. Thank you very much, sir. And then that's going to roll us over to the video game review of Star Wars Squadron VR for PC by Jeff R. Young. Uh, looks like Black Mirror is right around the corner. <laughs> no. Hey, uh, so, he, he uh, goes and uh, talks about how you can use the virtual reality like headset and then you look around in the cockpit, and, like, it'll spin in the cockpit, right? So I thought that was pretty cool. Oh, that's cool. Um, You still use, like, the control system, apparently, like the controller, but that's still pretty pretty bad. Yeah. That's pretty dope. Um, So if you want to see what Jeff got up to on that review, go take take a look-see at that. Uh, Thank you very much, sir. And then that's going to take us over to the art review. Uh, Pieter Bruegel, The Elders, The Hunters in the Snow by Michael A. Arnold. Um, This one is actually part of a series. Arnold describes this piece as a reflection of the work and play relationship that humans have. Uh, A wilderness versus society take um, about kicking back in the winter and knocking it out in the summer, you know? if you'd like to read the whole review, go take a look-see at that one by Michael. Thank you very much, sir. And finally, well, last but not least, actually, last but not least, we have the commentary from the founder, Mr. David K. Montoya. And in this fashion of MythBits podcast, he lists everything that went well for Jason in the year 2020. Um, if you like to go ahead and get that categorized on there, um, 
go take see what uh, David said about that. Uh, thank you very much, sir. And that will do it for the holiday issue. Thank you, everyone, who submitted their works of art, as per se, you know, the human condition in each and every single piece. Um, I'm pretty sure I, I, it was a little difficult to actually be able to squeeze little pieces of literature in before the holiday season. I'm not quite sure, though, with, like, everything going on. I'm not quite sure how much time everybody really has up their sleeves, you know? Um, no. Because it's not really so much about the time, it's more so about the passion have to be put behind it. And if you're, your mind, obviously, coming from one creative to another, if your mind is not in the right space, it's not going to happen. Yeah, I know I was having a hard time, like, trying to conceptualize something. Um, it's hard. And uh, I think that's what makes the feat of this issue that much better. It's not even better, just... Uh, amazing you know in that it's been a rough year <laughs> and y'all just kept giving us goodness i would like to plug a book at the end of this episode that i recently finished um and i listened to the audiobook version of it um but they have print formats and you can get it even signed copies of it it's actually uh horror stories by Liz Fair. Um, <laughs> this book is a perspective piece of the monsters and demons that live all inside of us, you know, from experiences and, and, and these things that happen within our lives that stay with us. And it's kind of like an internal reflection of these things that happen for us. Okay, um, so so if you are interested in her music or her career afterwards, please go and check that book out. Um, I highly recommend it. Um, and uh, thank you all again for presenting your works. And uh, we definitely enjoy and appreciate each one that you send in. Yes. And in the meantime, you can find us at www.theworldofmyth.com on Facebook and Twitter at the World of Myth Bits Podcast in the World of Myth Magazine and on Instagram at the World of Myth Bits. We hope you had a safe Christmas and that it was satisfactory. I can't say, you know, because I don't think anybody's Christmas was perfect or ideal. So I hope it was something at least nice. You know, um, and we hope that as we step into this new year or as Joe bursts into the new year and I step carefully into the new year, you all go into it uh, in healthy mindsets and positive attitudes. But if you can't, that's understandable as well. Um, yeah. Thank you for listening. Until next time. <laughs> The world of myth bitch. Are you ready to be taking a space?